Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anderson round 25 is underway in the NRL and tonight our Warriors will run out uh, onto Daniel Anderson Stadium to face the might of the Manly Sea Eagles in front of another packed stadium of home fans. Ando is a club legend and the first real successful Warriors coach who is still held in high regard by fans and former players alike and together uh, with uh, Kempe he brought a hard edge and a fundamentals first style of play that the Warriors were lacking before his time, comparisons are being made with those years and the current crop of coaches as well, players and trajectory of the club. And joining us uh, now is one of the assistants to Andrew Webster and uh, Richie Agar. Richie, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good morning, and You're welcome, mate. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, listen, the sad news overnight uh, about Michael Parkinson, because uh, like you, he's a, a West Yorkshireman. He's a West Yorkshireman, mate. He played cricket for Barnsley, which is just up the road from where I'm from. And uh, he was an avid rugby league and cricket follower, as we all know. He, for a long time, was a sort of patron of Wakefield Trinity, which is a, a club that I used to coach myself. Uh, and, yeah, he's got, he's got very, very strong roots, as you know, uh, in the local cricket scene. And, yeah, a much-loved, uh, a much-loved British icon. He, he, he certainly was, and, and highly respected, and, and, and just to be fair, a most respected broadcaster, and that's not that easy to achieve in England. Yeah, no, it's no, it's a tough market, it's a tough market, but yeah, a little bit of a national treasure park. He's upset some people over the years in some of his interviews, but yeah, uh, for a long, long time, mate, he's very much a, a British uh, tradition on his Saturday night talk shows, and he's had some of the, some of the biggest names uh, in history, really, on his shows, but yeah, never, never forgot his roots, and always very true to uh, to being a Yorkshireman, and particularly the Yorkshire sporting scene. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice tribute. Appreciate that, mate. Hey, um, and just just on the subject of uh, people with respect, that's what this weekend is all about. Uh, because uh, Daniel Anderson, of course, uh, round 25 across the NRL, but so closely aligned to the Warriors, as we well know. So, how have preparations gone with that in mind this week? Obviously, Daniel uh, is part in the history of the Warriors. Uh, he's very storied and famed. But I think on a personal level, too, uh, there's still a lot of people in and around the club, be that former players. Uh, obviously, Stacey Jones is on our coaching staff. Justin Morgan, uh, through marriage, is actually uh, related to Daniel. Uh, I've coached again Daniel in England in, in a major final, actually. And Andrew Webster had spent some time with Daniel as a young up-and-coming coach through through Parramatta, so everyone, um, I think, you know, when we go back to the time Daniel had his accident, were uh, extremely shocked uh, and obviously concerned. But almost, uh, it's just remarkable 
the spirit and the attitude that Daniel has had since his accident. Uh, and I think everyone is just, you know, so respectful and, and in awe, really, of the way that he's, uh, he, he's sort of atta- attacking his uh, his injury was with so much positivity, and, and as is always the case in sport, and particularly our game in particular, um, it's very, very good at, at rallying around its people uh, in the time that they you know, very much need it. Okay, it's uh, great to hear. For, great to hear the respect there. Uh, what about the side itself, um, Richie? Yep. At the last uh, couple of weeks, have, have you been happy the way it, with the way it's tracking, uh, with a view towards uh, this uh, this performance tonight in front of a, another sellout crowd? Well, it's a good question, Ian. That, and, and I think there's been some probably some commentary around our performances that uh, we've not been at our best, and I, I think that's fair comment and, and pretty too true. Uh, but that's probably an indication of the expectation around us now and, and how far we've come during the season. You know, speaking to Andrew straight after the game last week, you know, when we have time to, to go away and watch the video and digest it, uh, I think we were all very much of the, the mindset that our last couple of performances, we, we very much, the glass is still half full. We think there's some, some areas of our game we've got to tidy up. Uh, Andrew mentioned it post game last week that uh, some of our errors are more concentration errors rather than, uh, I guess, technical parts of the game that need fixing up by spending time on the training field. We feel that it's it's more concentration over the 80 minutes and stringing an 80 minute performance together, uh, and that's something that you know, we still feel we've got enough time in this season to to make sure that we're firing on all, uh, firing on full cylinders by the time the playoff comes. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're pretty positive and, and don't think it's going to take too much of an improvement to, you know, to get our form up to where it needs to be. Having said all that, you know, there's no easy games in the NRL. We've still managed to get the victories and there's been some, you know, very, very uh, positive parts of our performance and we've still got some individuals in very good form. In terms of um, the squad situation, and, and really you do want everyone available to you at this stage of the season going forward, what are the injury situations with players uh, just taking a bit of time out and some coming back? Yeah, we've had a couple of curveballs this week. Mitch Barnett got a, a pretty nasty cut in his leg uh, after last week's game. that um, yeah, Unfortunately, went the wrong way and, and got some infection in it. So he spent two or three days in hospital uh, on a drip, having it all sort of cleaned out again. So he's he's going to miss the game this week, but we'll have a chance for next week. I guess the uh, the, the dark cloud this week has come over an injury that Jazz Tavaga picked up in training. Uh, he's done his hamstring, so until he gets his scans, we don't know the full extent of that injury. But look, that's not going to be. He's definitely not going to be a week or two his injury. So uh, with time running out in the season, it's probably going to be a race for Jazz to to get back but until we actually see the scans we're not sure but having having him back after such a long time out with injury um, I think everybody knows the uh, I guess the intensity and the desire that he brings to our team he's very much the heartbeat of the, of the middle uh, so he'll be a loss for us moving forward having said that Ian uh, you know Bunty forwards missed selection in our team for the last two weeks uh, you know having been in pretty good form so um, they're the headaches that Andrew's not really had all year in terms of leaving out guys that, you know, having to select a team when you know that you're leaving guys out who are in, who are in, who are in really good nick. So uh, we feel really confident, mate, that we, we've got the squad to, you know, to, to certainly make up for that. Um, but there's no doubt around playoff time, mate, getting the guys like Mitch Barnett on the field, 
experienced players that know what it's all about, you know, that's going to be really important to us. Any side that possesses the quality of leadership and skill of a, a daily Jerry, Jerry Evans has uh, got to be looked yeah. at very, very carefully. What are the dangers uh, for you for uh, Manly tonight? Yeah, definitely him. I think even uh, even in the, the defeats that they've had over the sort of past couple of weeks, uh, he's absolutely not gone down through lack of uh, trying to carry his team on his back at times. You know, his performances have still been of a of a very high level, and his threats are coming. You know, he's running the ball, which is always a good sign for them. His kicking game's great. I think what we've noticed over the last few weeks, here, and I'll say this: when we're playing teams that are maybe a little bit out of the playoff picture. Um, they're coming in with a very different mindset on what they're doing with the ball. You know, they're prepared to a little bit more ball movement early, ball movement earlier in the in their own half. They're prepared to kick the ball a little bit earlier in the count, which which brings inherent danger. So, being being concentrated around those good players um, is, is going to be really really important. Oh, I think that's a very interesting point you make too, Richie, because effectively sides like Manly are actually playing playoff football now, aren't they? I mate, you know, we found that with Gold Coast and we found this with Manly. Now, even last week we played West Tigers who are, you know, are currently bottom of the competition. But but the danger in that is they are actually prepared to offload the ball more, take a few more risks with the play, promote the ball. And, you know, with that, this is why your concentration levels are so important. They haven't got an ability to catch you. So, you know, on the on the way home for us, you know, we we got St George next week, and then we've got the Dolphins, who, who are probably all out of the playoff picture. They're still dangerous games, and the games that probably aren't going to look like what a playoff game will look like. So there's there's some trickiness in that. And Manly, you know, I'm not actually sure in at the moment whether last night's results uh, leave Manly in or out of the playoff picture. But it's just so tight, you know, the margin for error in the competition from sort of third place down to 11, 11th and 12th place. There's some really compelling fixtures over the next couple of weeks that there's so many sort of twists and turns that could happen based on any single result. The, the interesting thing uh, about the Warriors side this year, I'm talking slightly individual here, I know you guys are totally focused on the team side of things, but people yeah. uh, this week, I've read headlines about Dally M nominations, etc. We're, we're talking here about uh, Sean Johnson, Adam Fanua yeah. Blake, uh, you know, as prop yeah. of the year. These individual type things, uh, they wouldn't be a distraction, would they? Uh, no, quite the opposite. I think I think it's great that you can shoot for the stars a little bit with some of this. And, you know, Dallin Martinez of Lesniak's another guy that I think if you were looking at, a, you know, a guy that potentially could finish top of the tri-scoring charts and, and maybe getting the conversations for Dallian Winger of the Year, that's a really strong motivation. There's one thing I know from being around our team is, uh, you know, it's very much a team-first mentality and you've got to do your own job first. So... It's not a case of that, um, I guess, the individual goals or motivation overtaking what they should be doing within you know, within the confines of our team. Uh, I think for Sean in particular, if we play well as a team, that's going to help his individual performance. Um, but but mate, we, we want Sean Johnson to win the Dalian medal. You know, it's been a, it's been a remarkable story. And one, as a, as a coach, and I've worked in the game a long time, uh, the, I guess the journey that Sean's been on this year has been, you know, it's been pretty amazing to be 
you know, to watch that and be part of it. And, and you know, if Sean plays well from now till the end of the competition, when the, you know, when the marking stops, it's only going to be good for us. And same with Adin, if, if that is his motivation, then I would look at it and say, you know, he's certainly working for us and individual, you know, individual goals and awards certainly aren't, aren't overtaking and, and creeping in in a negative way. You know, we're only seeing that as a positive. Uh, and I think it's great for our club that we've got, I guess, so many players and, and a head coach that are all in those conversations. You know, it's, it's certainly better than the conversations that the club would have been having over the last couple of years. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Uh, Tamari Martin, what's the progress there? Yes. Yeah, great. He's had his first full week of training with us uh, in and around the rest of the squad. He obviously has been... Uh, very carefully looked after. It's been, it's been a very frustrating period uh, because he's had some little setbacks and his progress may well not have been as, as quick as I would have imagined or liked to start with. Uh, but yeah, there's every chance he'll get on the field next week. Um, I guess we've got to get through tonight to see where that's at. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. going to be back in contact. The, the, the worry is that he's had such a long time out and there's no doubt from, uh, you know, Tamari will tell you this himself, there were elements of his, his training this week that, understandably, were a little rusty. Um, so trying to get him, I guess, fundamentally back up to speed is going to be really important for us as coaches over the next sort of seven to ten days. Um, but there's one thing we know about him. He, he's a competitor and he will compete as hard as he can uh, to get himself back right and, and give the coach some more headaches running into the playoffs. Richie, a lot of people have uh, credited this uh, turnaround to, to Webby, of course, but uh, I also yep. look at uh, yourself in this regard because uh, you've been part of this turnaround as well. And I, I just wonder, uh, overall now, as you, you reflect on the experience that you've had to this point with the Warriors, is, is there any sort of side back home or is there any situation back home that you've come from that is akin or is this a totally new feeling for you? Um. I think Ian, you know, I'm, I'm, I've probably done twenty plus seasons, so so I've experienced, I've, I've pretty much experienced everything. You know, I've, I've been in sides that have won minor premierships, been to grand finals, won challenge cups as a head coach and an assistant coach. Uh, but I've also had the tough times. You know, I've been at, I've been at the bottom of, of the league, uh, and I've been through some really dark periods. And I think, you know, when I look at Andrew's journey as an assistant coach, he's done exactly the same. So. Um, I think one feature of our staff is we've just never got too carried about where they when when we've had good results and, and and I guess the league position that we're in and, and nor do we get too upset on a on a defeat really. I think one great thing about us is uh, our coaching dynamic. You know, we we all get on. Uh, we're able to bounce for each other. Uh, we're not worried about having I guess the difficult conversations at times if things are going well or things need addressing. Uh, you know, I will shower the head coaching praise and, and I'm not just doing that because he's my boss. You know, I feel I've got a, a long enough relationship with him on a personal level uh, to be able to do this. But he's, he, you know, he's had, a, he's had an enormous impact on us. And um, I think the amount of time and care and love he gives into his players, uh, you, you know, we've certainly seen the benefits of the club. So he, he's done a, a remarkable job and even more remarkable given that it's his first crack at being a head coach as well. Uh, because yeah. until you've walked in those shoes, you know, you never fully understand what it's like. And and let me tell you, there's so many energy burning issues 
uh, I guess, that have no direct impact on your team that you have to contend with. Uh, so getting the balance around that right, uh, you know, can be very tricky. So the way he's navigated that in his first year, um, he's been he's been quite remarkable, really. I think he deserves all the plaudits he's getting. Uh, at the same time, uh, what I will say in comparison to to being back home in Super League, uh, you know, on a personal note, I've enjoyed the dynamic between our coaches and high performance team uh, and the club. Mate, there's a lot of people work at the Warriors. Uh, and I'm talking backroom staff and office staff because, you know, they've got a genuine love for the club. You know, they're not in it for, I, I guess, financial or career reasons. They they genuinely love being part of the Warriors. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be. It's certainly a good place to be at the moment. Nice reflection, uh, Richie. I, I just, one more question. I cannot let you go uh, because you, you, like uh, the rest of us, I imagine, have been... Um, enthralled by some of the action you've seen from this uh, Football Women's World Cup. Now, of course, you've got a vested interest because uh, England are on the verge of history, as are Spain. Uh, what have you made of it so far? And uh, can England knock over Spain on Sunday night? All right. Can I be totally honest here? I know we're on air, but I'll be totally honest. I've got a friend over from England at the moment and, and you know, sports mad. So we went along to Eden Park the other night to watch Spain and Sweden. And at half time, we just couldn't see a goal coming. So we actually left the game early. Right, so then we decided. <laughs> then we decided to watch England. Obviously, with the time difference, it's ten o'clock kickoff. So we went down to the Fox in the Viaduct, and it was packed with English fans, Australian fans, and we thought, you know, we thought it was a great game, and, and really enjoyed the atmosphere in and around the city uh, for what it brings. And you know, speaking to people back home, uh, it's huge. You know, it's massive. I was back in England when the girls won the. Uh, the Euros, you know, there were 90,000 people at, at Wembley. And the atmosphere around the women's game is, is, you know, very, very different to how it would be around um, the men's football uh, and, and in, a, in a very positive way too. So these girls now are, are very much becoming household names. The profile of the sport's massive. Um, and, there's, you know, there'll, there'll be 50-odd, 60-odd million people right behind them <laughs> hoping that they can get the job done on... Uh, you know, on Sunday night. So, no, it's been a... Uh, as a lot of these World Cup tournaments are, be that cricket or football, whether it's men's or women's in, um, yeah, it's gripped the nation. And, you know, I'll certainly be watching on Sunday night. Richie, always great catching up with you. Uh, love your honesty and, and, and uh, your openness about everything. Cheers, man. Uh, have a great, uh, great night tonight and uh, enjoy that final on Sunday night. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Really appreciate that, mate. Thank you.